1: slightly sexually compromising (laughs) (laughs) people
0: divulging their deepest digital secrets (laughs) what the hell is happening (laughs) get off my phone a Dave YouTube original available now on Dave's YouTube channel Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Hello and welcome to a podcasted version of Unspun with me, Matt Ford, which you can catch every Wednesday at 10 o'clock on Dave. This one features an abridged version of the TV show, including the interview with Ruth Davidson, the leader of the Scottish Conservatives. I think it's fair to say that, um, as well as talking some very interesting stuff about politics, there are a couple of things that Ruth said that I never thought... Well, I never expected her to say and I never thought I would hear a politician say to me. Do enjoy. (laughs) And welcome to Unspun, the show that takes British politics outside for a direct confrontation, Mano Il Manor. In a week which, even by 2016 standards, was incredible, we'll be going to America to cover the biggest and most insane story in the world this week and finding out which party can implode faster, Labour or UKIP. But first... (laughs) A Labour councillor is facing a backlash over a dating profile that demanded his dates must not be tattooed, no bigger than a size 12, and be able to talk about more than just shopping. Among the first to condemn him was Labour's Tom Watson, who said, I don't want to go out with him anyway. (laughs) Health bosses at one of the three NHS trusts still providing homeopathy in England are to stop funding the treatment. The head of the Homeopathic Council reacted angrily, saying, how are we meant to heal people when funding has been watered down so much? (laughs) To which the NHS replied, you tell us, mate. The Russian news agency Pravda is to open its first UK office in Edinburgh. Despite being a one-party state with no press impartiality and a leader held bent on attacking its neighbour, the newspaper still thought Scotland had much to offer. (laughs) Just when you thought that 2016 was starting to calm down, UKIP reminded us why they really exist. As we mentioned on last week's show, UKIP leader Diane James resigned after just 18 days. She doesn't even get to the end of the third week. I've had yogurts that have lasted longer than Diane <laughs> James. Because of this, UKIP need to agree their formal constitutional process for choosing another leader. Stephen Wolf had enraged some of his colleagues by publicly supporting Theresa May, something that's provocative enough in the Tory party. To sort things out, UKIP MEPs held a clear-the-air meeting. Half of their MEPs didn't attend, cos we don't need any European interference on air quality, thank you very much. So, how did it go? UKIP Stephen Wolf rushed to hospital after being punched in the face (laughs) at party meeting. So, it was a clear-the-air meeting. Mike Hookham cleared the air out of Stephen Wolf. (laughs) Live from the European Parliament, forget the rumble in the jungle, it's the beating in the meeting. How does a UKIP argument escalate to that level? Hang on, did you just call me not a racist? You bastard! (laughs) to Unspun. Now it's time for my special guest. She was one of the stars of the EU referendum TV debates and has managed to do the unthinkable, make people in Scotland like the Tories. Well, to an extent. <laughs> Fellas, hold Pete back. It's Ruth Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. Delighted um, to be here. I have to say, that song looked like it was a bit of a struggle for Pete with <laughs> Wishart to play, <laughs> um, being part of the union. Pete, was that an issue We're for you? Trying to make Ruth feel at home here with us. <laughs> I'm I'll...
2: delighted. Well, I actually, and... am one of the few tours that used to be in a union as well as in the union. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I was in you're the like NUJ like for it. 10 years. Oh, there
1: so, you go. So you've been yeah? in three unions.
2: Well, I, you know, I, I like fighting for unions. What can I say? <laughs> I'm at nothing if not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but Pete, your call? Cool. Well, you know, Luther, I agree we should be part of the European Union hopefully still. Anyway. <laughs> There's some common
2: ground there after all. <laughs> <There's Yeah. some laughs> ground there. Um,
1: now w- w- a lot of the show we've talked about UKIP and Mike Hookham uh, allegedly punching Stephen Wolfe.
2: Just a nominative determinism at work, wasn't it? It was brilliant. It's just I just saw all of these sort of Sunday tabloid headline writers just eyes lighting up when they heard who it might have been. Doesn't matter if it was him or not, but just the idea that it was somebody called Hookham that had flattened some lad, <laughs> you know, was just brilliant, you know, it uh, writes uh, itself.
1: And from UKIP, so hit him with a hard right. Well, there you uh, go. Uh, <laughs> um, but you, you're potentially dangerous because you're in the TA mm-hmm. and you do kickboxing.
2: Well, I used to do kickboxing. I'm, I kind of don't really bend in the middle anymore, so um, <laughs> I kind of just do a bit of normal boxing now. So um, yeah. just the normal boxing. Just the normal boxing, yeah. So if, if Mike
1: Hookham uh, allegedly tried to attack you,
2: how would you deal with him? Um, well, I, I don't think it's for a family show. <laughs> um...
1: Oh, this isn't a family show.
2: Oh well, that's fine then. <laughs> um, I, I think that I would be able to um, outfox the old fox. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
1: Now, you got yourself into, uh, it's not fair to say trouble, but um, there was a bit of a tension around a a lobby lunch speech you gave uh, in Westminster after the EU referendum, Mm -hmm. littered with a variety of jokes and uh, fairly outrageous phrases.
2: Um, yeah, in, in my defence, um, I, I, I'm not a member of the Parliament at Westminster. I sit in the Parliament in Scotland, so I'd never been to a Westminster lobby lunch before. And I was taking advice and I was told, you know, bring some jokes and a good news line and the jokes stay in the room and the news line is, is what makes it into the papers, no problem. And I just... It was the day in between Theresa May becoming leader of the Tory party and then becoming Prime Minister. So there was that Tuesday in between, and I happened to be in Downing Street that morning, and I had a a meeting with um, the Prime Minister then, who was uh, David Cameron, and then a meeting later with with Theresa May. Um, And in between, they actually... David Cameron took Theresa May up to show her the flat in Number 10. So, I don't know what he was doing. Like, this is the thermostat, love. The bins go out on a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Sam and I have left your bottle of wine in the fridge for when you and Philip move in. You know, I I don't know. But um, he asked me what I was doing in in London after I was seeing him and I said that I was doing a lobby lunch and I was a bit nervous about it because I'd never done one. And he told me just, you know, all he wants is risky jokes, so the more risky, the better. (laughs) Now, it turns out that his idea of a risky joke and my idea (laughs) of a risky joke are slightly different things because he hasn't spent his whole adult life working in Scottish newsrooms or running around fields with army officers and uh, colour sergeants who have a colourful turn of phrase so um so yeah i apparently i made a bit of a stir and i'm really sorry if i let my country down i let my school down i let my mum down and i'm really sorry um, so yeah
1: because one of the one of the great lines from it and this is uh, the tory leadership contest had been cut short at the time Labour's was still going on and he said Labour's still fumbling with its flies while the tories were enjoying a post-coital cigarette after withdrawing our massive johnson <laughs>
2: It's one of those things that if you could do it differently, perhaps you'd tone it down just a smidge. Uh... (laughs) So, Cameron and
1: May, how do they differ as prime ministers, as people?
2: Um, Well, I think... um... I mean, David Cameron's really kind of at ease in the room. He kind of strides in, sort of chest puffed out, and, and everybody sort of turns their head to, to look at them. She's much more quiet, much more reserved. But um, in in private, actually, I, I think quite a lot of people think Theresa May's, um, you know, not very sort of abullient, but she's, um, she's got a really, really dry sense of humour. You, you call her Big T... I, I am... My missus, my, my partner, uh, is, is from, from Ireland and is a, a new study of, of British politics and Scottish politics and uh, she has joked in the house because uh, Theresa May is quite tall and I am very short uh, and, and my partner has, has, has met her and, and uh, started joking about in the house calling her Big T when she was on the telly, which I then started adopting and realised that I have to not do it in front of her. <laughs> um, and then it kind of got out that... We, when we're talking about my work and stuff in the house, that I, I have occasionally called her that. But um, sorry.
1: Oh no, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's obvious where the nickname comes from. But I had a mate called Big T. Uh, but we called him that just because uh, he was a fat bugger who liked a big tea. And, right. uh, <laughs> I've taken it. I'm taking it. Theresa May doesn't uh, like a big tea. I
2: have no idea. uh, But as as you know, as as many people um, know, she um, is one of the the, uh, very high-profile people with diabetes, and has obviously had to change her diet significantly to deal with that. I think she's a really, really good example and a really good role model for people who are suffering with chronic and long-term conditions to show that you can absolutely do anything uh, as long as you're making sure that you're working with your doctors to manage things. So I take my hat off to her for having the stamina for the job because being the leader of a G7 nation, particularly right now, is a tough job.
1: And being the leader of any political party is a tough job. Um, You lead the Scottish Conservatives. Um, What's it like being a Conservative in Scotland?
2: Um, A lot less lonely than it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, you know, it's no sort of secret that we've, uh, I would tactfully say, underperformed at elections in in, uh, the last few years. Um, We're we're now kind of on the road back, but I see the election that we've just had, where we leapfrogged over Labour and put them into third for the first time in over six decades um, as a step on the road, and it's a a platform to build on, and, and, you know, that's not the height of my ambitions, which is total world domination, as you know, Matt. So, uh...
1: (laughs) So, uh, on the the, the steps on the road to total world domination... um, (laughs) Does that include, at some point, standing for a Westminster seat? Do
2: you think? Um, I, to be honest, I get asked this quite a lot, and I, I do have to slightly point out to people who, you know, for example, might live within the M25 bubble, mm. um, that actually being the leader of the party in Scotland is quite a lot bigger job than being a backbencher or the paperclip mm. minister in the cabinet office down south. So
1: that's like Kevin.
2: I did no, that. nice no, I did that job. No. <laughs> he's the shadow paperclip minister. <laughs> no, no, sorry. sorry. <laughs> So, you know, I'm kind of. I've got a pretty big job in my hands, so um, I'm kind of happy where I am, thanks very much.
1: So, um, let's say you do get total world domination. Mm. Um, what would your main priorities be? Uh, it,
2: it, in this hypothetical world domination, absolutely. It's, a, it's a puppy for everyone. Uh, oh, I've, nice. I've, I've recently got a wee cocker spaniel, so, uh, you know, that's. Uh, it, but um, in terms of my policy um, mm. projections, um, it's getting education right, because if you get that right, then you get absolutely every other policy right. You get. Um, it, economics right, it means that you get jobs right, it means that you get opportunities right, so making sure that you get schools further and higher education right, that's the way in which it works. It's good to talk
1: serious politics. So, uh, mm. uh, about the puppies...
2: Um... <laughs> well, thanks for noticing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> People are going to think I was... I was not... That's, I was all on the... <laughs> But there's a cutaway of me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've now given them. Um... (laughs) Um... (laughs) Oh, Ruth. (laughs) Oh, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, about the other puppies. Um, Mm. What if I didn't want one? What if I was more of a cat person? Hypothetically, because I'm not.
2: Well, you know, I'm all into the devolution of powers to the lowest level possible, so you can make that individual choice. But with individual choice comes individual responsibility, so you <laughs> have to look after that cat and not let Donald Trump any renew your pussy.
0: So...
2: <laughs> Or... This not how I thought this interview was going to go tonight. <laughs> no.
1: Nor me, and can I say, I'm delighted. <laughs> um, you've been a fabulous guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruth Davidson. Thank you. Super. Yeah. thank you very much. You're
0: welcome.
1: Before MP4 players out, there's just enough time to have a look at next week's news. The UKIP National Executive Committee meets to set its leadership election timetable. While nothing has been confirmed yet, it's thought this will take the usual UKIP format. 12 rounds of three minutes, bare-knuckle, Manor ill Manor. <laughs> this Friday sees the unveiling of a bronze bust of William the Conqueror at Berkhamsted Castle. Amber Rudd will then ask for King William to be deported as he's French, out of work, and has exceeded his visa by nearly a 1,000 years. <laughs> And the SNP conference will start in Glasgow. Among the topics being debated are how to make the case for a second independence referendum, how to win a second independence referendum, and does anyone have any other ideas apart from a second independence (laughs) referendum? (laughs) Well, that's it for this week. Thanks to my guest, Ruth Davidson. And now, to play us out, it's MP4! There you go, that was Ruth Davidson, uh, who was absolutely superb and a pleasure to speak to, as all the guests have been uh, so far this series. There's one episode left that will be available at the same time next week and you can catch Unspawn every Wednesday on Dave at 10pm.